This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Welcome back to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host this week, Carl Ulrich. I'm Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation at the Wharton School, where I teach entrepreneurship innovation as well as product design. I'm very lucky to be joined now by Scott Gustafson, who's president of Spoonful of Comfort. Scott, welcome to Launchpad. Hey, thanks, Carl. It's great to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity. Sure. So I'm going to point our listeners to your website. It's just Spoonful of Comfort. All three words just put together, spoonfulofcomfort.com. All right, Scott. Give us the elevator pitch. What does Spoonful of Comfort do? Okay, so Spoonful of Comfort is an online gifting platform that enables the sender to send a very personal uh, message of, of comfort and care to a loved one um, living, you know, anywhere in the, in the continental United States and um, allows them to be able to serve them up, um, you know, a personal message of care through the the, um, the time-tested product of chicken soup and other uh, gourmet soups. We package them up in, um, in gift packages. Uh, we have gone to great lengths to create a real uh, unique uh, and um, personal out-of-box experience so the recipients um, are getting more than just a thought when they are actually going through something. All right. Well, let's see. My son was is away at college, and last semester he came down with mono. So walk me through how I would actually do it if I wanted to send him. Uh, the you know, Carl, that's a, that's a perfect uh, customer demographic for us. We do a lot of uh, college care packages. So, um, so you as his father uh, could just jump on our website, and, um, and you could go online and you could just uh, – uh, pick a pick a standard package, and the packages uh, that um, we currently offer and focus on revolve around soup and the goodness and the warmth of soup. I mean, all of us can relate to our mothers and our grandmothers making us chicken soup when we were when we were kids and we needed a little bit of comfort. And what we're doing is we're just borrowing some of that equity uh, that has been established in the chicken soup brand and other soups. And um, and just making it so that you can send it to him um, by logging on to a, a simple website, putting in his address, uh, his his dorm room, and um, you know you can have it there as soon as the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's unique about our packages is that um, it's it's packaged in a very old-fashioned way. So um, we're sending fresh soup, and it's sent out in insulated liners with gel packs and we actually ship the the soup in glass mason jars so when the recipient receives it um it feels like it just it just was prepared in your own kitchen all right so tell us about let's 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 open the box and so we open the box and there's going to be it's going to be an insulated container it's going to have a gel pack in and then the soup was shipped it's shipped cold that's right so not frozen but cold is that right no, it's actually it's actually blast frozen within 20 minutes of of um, of being bottled, and um, this is all done in um, you know a very 
sophisticated uh, USDA uh, approved um, commercial um, preparation facility, and yeah. um, we uh, we manufacture all of the soups there, and then um, it's blast frozen, and then it's kept frozen until it's shipped, which is usually within a couple of days, and um, that freezing process um, locks in the freshness because it's frozen so quickly, and then it thaws in transit. Um, it's uh, it's packaged with gel ice packs, so it arrives to the recipient cold um, or somewhat slushy. Um, and just ready to heat and eat. Yeah. Basically. No, I was going to ask. It makes a lot of sense if you're going to. It seems a shame to ship a gel pack if you could just freeze the soup. So I, that's that's sort of why I asked. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we we go to you know to great lengths to make sure that when the the package arrives, that it arrives, um, it, it arrives ready to eat with with minimal need for preparation. Every package comes with a half dozen. Uh, fresh bocce rolls um, and a half dozen cookies of the you know the sender's choice, and you know at most I mean they can heat the soup, they can put the the rolls and the cookies in the microwave, and it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I that I might um, point out that we do a little bit um, differently, Carl, is that we want to make sure that when the recipient receives the box, um, they're they're feeling like they're opening a present. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody loves opening presents. And so our packages are all, um, are, they're built out so that the first thing that you see when you open up the, the, the shipper box is you see a beautiful uh, decorative ladle mm-hmm. and a little message. And it says, a spoonful of love. And then they mm-hmm. pull that uh, ladle tray off the top, and then they've got three different gift boxes that they open up. So even though the soup is shipped in an insulated liner and with the gel packs, it's still shipped in an insulated liner that looks like it's been gift packaged. Uh, And that's inside of a box that's been beautifully printed. And um, the cookies and the the rolls are done in a similar way so that when the person is is, um, done opening it, they've really had an experience and feels like the person that sent it to them uh, really cares about them. All right. Well, that sounds like an amazing box. Tell us what what I pay for that. So our our standard package is sixty nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. and then you can um, you add accessories to each of these packages to kind of customize it by occasion. So, for example, if it were a sympathy package, you could send along some um, comfort tokens or a healing after loss book or um, if it were for a new baby, um, you can add uh, new baby bibs or a silver spoon, for example, to just kind of customize it by occasion. Um, you know, we we realize that there are a lot of options out there um, when it comes to wanting to send a gift, and we're not at this point trying to be everything to everybody, but we do want to be the very best at um, sending comfort, at providing personal um, messages of care and um, really addressing the needs of those those comfort occasions. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to just want to follow up on that for, for a moment. It's I, I guess what I'm wondering is is how you acquire the customer. I'm guessing that most people don't type send soup to send soup uh, 
to into Google. So so how do you acquire this customer? And then a closely related customer uh, question is: Once you've acquired this customer, do you ever see them again? You know the the number of uh, repeat customers that uh, that we have is quite high. I mean, mm-hmm. um, our retention rate is good because we guarantee 100% um, satisfaction on both mm-hmm. the sender and the recipient's part. And we realize that we're dealing with some occasions that um, are, are delicate, are sensitive, and we want to make sure that um, everybody has had the very best um, experience that they've had. In fact, if you look at uh, some of our, our reviews on our site, you'll see that they, um, you know, there, there are a lot of customers who have just raved about how the company went to great lengths to make sure that, um, you know, that it was a positive experience. And in today's digitally connected world where things are a little bit impersonal, we try to, um, we try to enable that more personal connection. So um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to address your first question, which yep. was how do we acquire customers? And I'm going to just tell you that our number one um, form of customer acquisition has been word of mouth. Yeah. So, you know, it's really um, because we do such a good job with the customer experience and provide something that's so unique, um, the, the virality, the word of mouth, um, not just online, but in, in social circles or among friends. Look what this person sent me. I've never seen this before. Um, that tends to be noticed and remembered. And, um, and so we actually um, convert about, 40% of our recipients into senders within the first year of receiving it. Wow. And I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I think the ladle is a, a, a cool idea. And indeed, the way I found out about you guys was one of my friends got one of these packages and, and showed it to me, told me about it. So, uh, I, but that ladle is a very cool idea because that acts as this permanent reminder of your service. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, Carl, it's interesting, the ladle... And the spoon, it also it also connotes service, mm-hmm. and you know the the whole ladling of soup is often done by somebody else for you, and and so there's a there's a little bit of a deeper symbolism to that being the first thing that somebody sees when they do open the packaging, um, uh, or when they do open the package for the first time. Yeah. So, uh, Scott, I'm, I. I, you know, I don't necessarily believe everything I read online, but it, but I did read somewhere that that you were that the company started up, you know, almost ten years ago, nine years ago, something like that. Can you talk a little bit about the journey and 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 where where you where you came in to the process? Yeah. Absolutely, Carl. In fact, um, it's a great story, and um, it was it was two thousand it was two thousand eight two thousand nine. Um, when my partner, um, Marty Weimer, got the call that her mother, um, who was living 2,000 miles away, was diagnosed with lung cancer. And at the time, she thought to herself, oh, I want to be with mom, and I want to help her, and I want to be able to you know, serve her, but I've got kids in school, I'm living in Florida, she's in Canada, what can I do? And so um, the thought came to her, well, I'm going to send her chicken soup because that's what she always used to do to comfort me. And so she got online and she started to um, search for somebody that was out there that might be able to to send chicken soup. And um, at, uh, much to her dismay, there wasn't anybody doing it. And so 
what she did was she figured out a way to do it uh, and to be able to send it to her mom by um, working with an Amish restaurant in Sarasota, Florida, huh. and um, getting them to, um, you know, bottle the soup for her. Uh, and then she was able to figure out how to uh, send it up to her mom. And uh, she, from that, um, sadly her mom passed away um, just six weeks later. But um, from that, the idea was born. And I, at the time, uh, was uh, actually in another venture with her her husband. Um, her ah. husband was my VP of sales. And um, we were on the verge of exiting that uh, that company to uh, a large venture capital uh, private equity group. And Steve and I said we wanted to continue to work together. And I said, let's go out and explore. Let's look for some other opportunities. And while we were out exploring, um, he mentioned this idea to me and uh, just said, you know, my wife's doing this. It's, there's not much to it, um, but it's kind of a fun little thing that she started. And I thought it was cute. And, um, and then one uh, particular day when he was supposed to travel uh, out to, to meet me and we were going to have some meetings, he called and said, Scott, there's no way I can come. My wife's uh, little company was just listed on Daily Candy, which was a USA Today um, oh, daily blog yeah. featuring things. And we've got over 200 orders and no way to fulfill it. And I said, excuse me? I said, that cute little company that you started has 200 orders? I said, why are we not talking to your wife? <laughs> and he just laughed at me and he said, because I don't ever want to work for my wife. And so... I said, well, let's, let's, you know, maybe look at this because there's something to this. And I had um, some background in, in healthcare and understood um, some of the, you know, some of the, um, you know, dynamics in that market and, and the need for uh, an alternative to flowers as, a, as a, uh, a, an expression of comfort. And I said, this can be great. And so we sat down, we talked about it, and, um, you know, I found in Marty a really passionate founder. Um, somebody who really had, um, you know, a drive to make this uh, a real legacy to her mom and to provide a service that she knew other people would need uh, at some point in their life. And so um, at the time, it was obvious that we needed to find some scalable um, distribution and some scalable manufacturing. And so um, I partnered with them, invested in the company, and brought it out to Utah. And uh, we um, began manufacturing the soup um, here at scale, developed all of the processes. The USDA um, uh, got involved and helped us develop all of those. And then we formed some initial partnerships for distribution and, and began the online uh, marketing efforts of, you know, making sure that we were in all of the relevant places when people were searching for flowers or other um, comfort gifts. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of taken on a life of its own ever since. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host this week, Carl Ulrich, and I'm speaking with Scott Gustafson, who's the president of Spoonful of Comfort, and that's spoonfulofcomfort.com. Scott, that's a great story you know, often companies 
in the life cycle of a company, there are these pivotal moments where things really change. And one of them was the daily candy listing. I noticed you were also on Shark Tank. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that experience? Uh, you know, that was a great experience, Carl. We were actually um, approached by a casting director, and they called us a couple of times, and they said, you know, a producer read an article on you and would love to have you come on. And at the time, we said, I don't know if that's, you know, necessarily something that we need. But uh, then after talking to a couple of uh, Fred, friends in um, um, some ad agencies, they convinced us that, um, you know, we could either uh, go on and, uh, and um, be on Shark Tank or we could invest $5 million in paid media to get the same type of exposure. <laughs> so. So we we decided that it was probably worth going through the process to see if they would uh, if if we would make it on the show. So um, we went through the process. Um, Marty and I took you know basically a, a home video camera, did a one take video, explained the story, talked about what we were doing, and sent it in. And got a call about a week and a half later saying would love for you guys to come be on the show. So. We were excited. Um, it was something that uh, we we felt, you know, presented an opportunity, and we went on the show, and it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, I have to say that all six of the sharks were nothing but great to us. Uh, they loved our product. They basically said that, um, you know, one of them said it was the best soup that they had ever had, and that wow. they were soup connoisseurs. They loved the other uh, baked goods, and they loved the packaging. Um, I think the thing that they caught they got caught on, and the reason why we didn't get a deal, was just because they couldn't get outside the box of spoonful of comfort being only for people when they're sick, yeah. and not knowing necessarily when a loved one is sick, and um, you know. Despite our best efforts uh, at, at painting a broader picture for them of what it could be and how we could leverage this as a, as a real distribution platform for additional products, um, how we could you know, take an investment and partner with some of their other platforms that they had invested in, um, you know, ultimately it just didn't work out. But yeah. you know, when we watched the show, uh, they took two hours of, of meeting and cut it down into, I think, a seven- or eight-minute segment that, uh, you know, made it look like it was a pretty quick decision. But, I mean, between us, I can tell you that there were a couple of sharks that were actually really close to doing a deal or wanting to do a deal. You know, I've had two of my own portfolio companies on Shark Tank, and neither one of them ended up, although actually they ended up doing the deal on the air. They never actually ended up consummating the deal. But they're... They're both quite thankful for that. They actually say, wow, the the huge benefit was the $5 million in media. And then the financing was sort of incidental to that. So it sounds like you actually had, you got, you got the outcome you wanted, which is you got, you got the media. You know, we really did. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, that, you know, kind of accelerated, um, our growth. Um, we were, you know, pre shark tank, we were growing at about uh, 50% a year, and then last year we grew at about 65% a year, yeah. and then, then now we're at 80%. So, 
I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's had a positive effect. We were lucky in that we were cast on the premiere episode, so yeah. our episode aired three different, uh, three different times. Wow. So, yeah, um, so it was, it was a really positive experience and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll always, um, speak highly of the, uh, of the experience, uh, even though when you watch it, it's, uh, it's maybe a little bit cringeworthy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to take a look. Um, all right. So Scott, tell us a little bit about, about supply, about how you actually handle the logistics, uh, side of this and the production side of this. Are you working with partners or are you able, or did you decide you needed to be doing this yourselves? Um, you know, we started out, we started out uh, with partners. And um, the reason that we started out with partners was we knew what we did well. And we wanted to focus on the distribution and building up the, the customer base and, and making sure that the, you know, the messaging was, was, was correct. But um, we were fortunate in that we were able to partner with one of the premier chefs in the nation um, who's cooked for the likes of Julia Childs and, um, you know, has, has um, received numerous awards and accolades. And he became our chef and, and head of product development and has just done a fantastic job for us as we've uh, developed these recipes and developed a real high-quality gourmet uh, soup product. It's, you know, the, the mandate to him was it, this has got to be better than anything anybody can buy in the grocery store. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, he rose to the occasion and really put some – some great um, recipes together for us, and as we continue to expand uh, and grow um, the selection of soups and other um, foods and, and comfort products, um, you know he's somebody who will continue to be that person for us. So, um, you know we've got a great relationship with him. Um, he considers himself our chef, um, even though he does have a few other engagements. And um, you know we're we're proud of that uh, that partnership and that relationship. So, you know we've um, offloaded a lot of that, you know procurement of of the uh, the raw, um, the the soup and you know the development of the soup and the packaging of the soup um, on him and his team um, as an extension of us. And then we are also, um, you know, as we're as we grow, and it makes sense to shift those from, you know, being more variable in nature to being more fixed in nature. Um, you know, we are looking to building out um, our own uh, commercial facilities to be able to do all of that in with, with uh, our own staff and perhaps bringing um, him in full time. So yeah. um, that's something that, um, you know, we're, we're getting to that point where we've scaled that to that level. But it's always good initially to try and keep your cost variable. Um, when you're when you're scaling something and and um, you know bootstrapping to some extent and with his help we've been able to do that. Um, we we just have a couple minutes left, but I I wonder if you can talk just a little bit about about financing. Have you needed to raise some capital along the way, or have you been able to grow this organically and or and or with with you know the close the, the team's money? You know that's a that's a that's a really interesting uh, question, and I'll just. I'll just kind of give you um, the uh, kind of the backstory or the insight. So okay, when, we got we got to do it in one minute. Do it really quick. So, yeah. so, so we have so we have had offers for financing. In fact, mm-hmm. we have gotten offers for financing from customers who have been so impressed with the experience um, that they have wanted to invest in the company. 
Um, fortunately, we've been able to, through um, an initial round of financing that I was able to provide and then a second round uh, that I was able to provide, we've been able to bootstrap and continue to um, to scale the company to profitability and um, you know and and as we're scaling it increase the 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 rate at which we're growing so um, you know we definitely are um, always open to talking about uh, financing and taking additional capital to accelerate things even faster but fortunately to this point we've been able to reach profitability and and uh, send a couple hundred thousand jars of soup out across the country without uh, without needing a whole lot of outside uh, of outside capital. Well, that's the best way if you can pull it off. So congratulations on that. No, we uh, we feel we feel really fortunate. And then there's there's definitely there's there's definitely been some serendipity along the way to help us do it. So all right. Well, Scott, we're we're out of time, but this is super interesting. And thanks so much for for joining us on the line and and telling us this interesting story. It's been great, Carl. Thank you. All right. Uh, Coming up, Rachel Drury, founder and CEO of Daily Harvest, joins me to talk about how Daily Harvest is making healthy eating easier with our busy schedules. I'm Carl Ulrich, Vice Dean of Entrepreneurship and Innovation, and you're listening to Launchpad on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 